thank you for the Sunday school class and thank you for the people that spoke and thank you for your spirit working among us and thank you for truth that you laid out in that sermon that you gave so many years ago and thank you for preserving it for us today. Thank you for, again, your saints meeting together like this and we pray that you would help us divide truth properly and use Todd again this morning. Speak through him. Uh, use him as a channel of your words and your will for the things that we need in our life for today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning to all of you. you can turn your Bibles to James chapter 1 this morning. James chapter 1. We're looking at an essential ingredient in a Christian's life this morning. Foundational ingredient in our lives that bring us incredible, incredible victories. Um, it's an ingredient that you uh, work through every day or don't work through every day, but I believe it affects you every day. And um, as I studied it, I realized how important it is for me to grab a hold of. Now, this is what I am desiring to build in my own life. And I'm not teaching you um, as somebody who can look back on 42 years of experience and saying, um, now I've handled this this way, and so just do this. This is what I'm learning, and I want to try to encourage you to learn along with me. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brother counted all joy. Um, Gaylord already preached this verse. Counted all joy when you fall into diverse or divers temptations, different temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. What a state of being. Um, that ye may be perfect and entire and lack zero. The answer is zero. Uh, he said, well, that's not possible. Then take out your scissors and cut that out. Somewhere he says, count it all joy. Okay, rejoice in this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And if you allow patience to have its perfect work in your life, it will make you a person that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Did your faith ever start questioning if something will ever get better? Or a difficulty will ever change? Or something will ever end? I'm telling you, our faith is tested. Those situations were not never meant to destroy us. It was meant to destroy the selfishness within me. And he says here, know this, know this, that the situation that is trying your faith, that is working your patience, can make you into a perfect man. But you have to look at that ingredient of patience in your life as something that is absolute in the process here. Um, it, it's not something that, well, I'll work at that. It is an absolute essential if we're going to be growing into a perfect and entire person lacking nothing. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Many times those situations cause stress and anxiety issues rather than teaching us gentle patience. I, I'm guessing each of you had an opportunity every day of last week to learn gentle patience in some way or another. Now, do I take the opportunity? Well, that's the big question. 
Most of the time, when we are feeling anxious or stressed out, it's because we, we forgot, we, we don't know anymore, that the trying of our faith, what we believe in, something that God is right beside us in, trying of our faith, the trying of our patience, works us into perfection. The reality is many people don't want to be changed. They only want others or the situation or something else to change. Um, if you're a person like me, I, I love resolution. Let's get this fixed. Let's get this solved. Uh, if my wife says, you know, have you noticed, and, and she gives me a project, or mentions something about, you know, there's a little black mold there, it drives me crazy if I can't just go and let's wipe this out, let's get this done, let's move on. Let's bring resolution. I don't want to be have this thing bothering me. Um, somebody pulls out in front of you. Um, probably Austin get this more than a lot of us, but if somebody pulls out in front of you and is driving 30 miles an hour down the road and you're in a hurry and you're late, and you think, well, will I ever get there? There's your faith. Will this ever end? There's your faith. And it's trying your patience. That was not meant to destroy your day. That was meant that you could let patience have its perfect work. So while I'm saying, let's get this resolved. Let's be done with this. Okay, children are squabbling. I know how to fix that. And... and we hear that, you know, like, you, you see children who are being naughty, and, and really naughty, and you think, you know, if I had that child for 60 seconds, they wouldn't be doing that anymore. And you understand yourself? Do you really understand yourself? Are you saying, because in those 60 seconds, I would teach them what patient, gentleness, and correction all together, I would teach them that. Um, I think we need to stop viewing situations as things I want resolved. We need to start viewing them as an opportunity for patience to have her perfect work. You know how important that is, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking zero. So I want to look, and if you've got notes, you can write it down, to the effects of patience first effect of patience is perfection. Um, I, one of the, I would say, the most patient man that I know, uh, I worked with, and I tell you, on our crew, on our, um, we installed water lines in the city of Fleet, Fleetwood, Pennsylvania, and Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, there were some nutcases on our crew. I mean, just, they were crazy. Uh, if, if you would think of just a reasonable thing to do, obviously that wouldn't be the choice. Let's do something that's dangerous or somebody's going to about get killed. And yet the leader of that crew was the most patient man I know. Uh, the one In one day, one of his workers cost him over $60,000. Okay, that would bring me up for air. And on the way home, we were discussing this. And um, actually, we weren't discussing it, but... The leader of the crew brought it up, and it was so 
slow in bringing it up. I mean, it wouldn't have went five seconds and I would help that guy understand. You understand what you cost me today. Let's not make that mistake again. Kevin, uh, you know, uh, when we were doing that and you put the pipe there and we had to throw that away after you cut it at the wrong section and being that's a 24-inch pipe, uh, those are pretty expensive. And he was going on in a 10-minute, and it wasn't even a correction. I'm thinking, lay into the guy. He deserves it. You know, he's one of the most perfect men I know. This is no accident. That the trying of your faith on a, on a daily situation, when you think, you know, is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to change? Why do I have to face this? Those are all questions of faith. Um, there's people who try to be perfect but aren't patient with others. You don't measure them real high, do you? There's something about patience in our lives as the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's an essential ingredient. I can't say the word in Greek for long-suffering, but it's also found here. Actually, it's found later on in Matthew, where I will look at. But here in Philippians 4, the first observation of the ingredient of patience is it brings perfection. And may I say this before we go into Philippians 4. not talking about apathy. Uh, patience is not apathy. Uh, I, no concern. Well, I don't care. With apathy comes deception. Real quick. Um, if we're too weak to show concern, but however, it is important even if we show concern and have concern that we're patient people. It's absolutely in, important. But many people are on the ditch of apathy and other people are on the ditch of impatience. And God wants us right where He can teach us patience. We can have concerns. But we're learning patience. Um, I believe, I'll be brief, I believe in our setting we're becoming apathetic to worldliness. In other words, it, 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 and we need to be patient with people who are struggling. That's a fact. But we can't be apathetic to things that come in of trends. Young ladies, as you bring trends in, young men, as you bring coolness in, whatever it might be, we don't want to be apathetic to that. Uh, lack of concern. Parents, the job starts with us. How will we help our children patiently, but not apathetically? Okay, observation of patience. The first essential is it brings us to perfection. Philippians chapter 4 Starting at verse 4 through 7. Sorry, I need to find that quick. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, I like that verse. Let your gentle 
patience, your, your moderation. Literally means your gentle patience. Be known unto all men. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye know how you ought to answer every man. So I, this is an easy answer here. You, this isn't even multiple choice. You know how you're supposed to answer the neighbor who's annoying? You know how you're supposed to answer to the person who crosses you, who disagrees with you, who is in error? Obviously, we're not usually in error. The person that disagrees with us. Do you know how you're supposed to talk with him? Well, I think it, it, it's really easy. Let your speech be always with grace. Season with salt. Why? Uh, because there's something for me to learn. It's not just about teaching somebody else. There's something of patience that I need to learn. And I'm not talking about being apathetic. I'm talking about patiently addressing situations. That's not the way we're wired initially. But how will the Lord change us into His image on this? I believe he will bring situations into our lives to help us learn gentle patience. To help us learn that. We need to learn that. All kinds of situations come our way. <clears throat> I got a picture I want to show you. It'll come up soon. I've never used the overhead projector, but we're going to try to today. <clears throat> if we could understand the challenges that we face in life, there's not a person here who doesn't face challenges of life. You want to turn the right light off in the back, if you could. Hit the right light. <clears throat> coming. Two of the greatest qualities to have in life, patience and wisdom. You probably can't see it from over here. We have a dog in the background ready to eat his food. We have a skunk at the dog food plate eating the dog's food. How are you going to handle that situation? Let your gentle patience be known to all. That's important. You can turn the right light on now, please, thanks. <clears throat> Listen to how he says we're to live. Verse 6. Be careful, or the word is anxious, for nothing. Now, nothing is a pretty encompassing word. Uh, the answer is zero. Be, be anxious about zero things. Well, maybe the King James is being poetic there. And, uh, are we sure that's accurate? Be anxious for zero things. I looked it up in all the other translations I have available. They all come up with the same number, zero. They don't give you... A, I, I know what I would be thinking of if he would say, be, don't be anxious for more than one thing. And some of you would know what that would be too in your life. It might be your health. It might be your... Wife, it might be your husband, it might be your children, it might be, I don't know who your skunk is, I have no idea. A co-worker, I have no idea who that is, but if, if he would say, don't be anxious for more than one thing, 
I'm guessing you would have that one figured out. And the fact that you figured it out means we probably have an issue. <clears throat> I, I have a secret to share with you on one easy way to be overwhelmed. Let yourself be anxious over one thing. Only one. Just one. You will overwhelm yourself. You become anxious about the church. Yeah, but I have legitimate reason. Anxious about your family? Yeah, but I have legitimate reason. We're running out of numbers here. The answer is zero. Did we miss the answer somewhere? Just let yourself be anxious about one thing, and you'll live in a state of being overwhelmed. And I understand, we all say, but I got a lot on my plate. Being a business owner, being a member of church, being a dad, being a mom. I mean, there's situations in my life that are overwhelming. How do I handle this? All of us have issues like this. And you know, the sad part is, is, and I'm not talking about this this morning, but the sad part is, is when you look at that picture, you're identifying with the dog. But there's no one in here who can't identify with being the skunk. There's no one in here. The problem is, is you probably never realized it's not your cup of dog food. You shouldn't have been chewing on that. You should have left that go a long time ago. Everyone in here can identify with the skunk. But today we're talking about the dog. All of us have issues like this. Friends, it's easy to become overwhelmed in life. You just have to be anxious about one thing. Did you say you're overwhelmed? Can I tell you about Liz Murray? Born to drug-addicted parents in New York City. Did I say that she and her older sister had to take care of themselves because their parents were too busy with their drug addiction to raise their children at all? You imagine the filth in their apartment. Nobody cleaned their apartment. Nobody bathed their children. Nobody took care of them. Did I tell you about Liz Murray? Who both parents died of HIV. Did I tell you that she was homeless at the age of 15 and slept in stairwells and under bridges and wherever she could find a place to sleep. Did you say you were overwhelmed? Is that what you were thinking? You that were born with two silver spoons, you're overwhelmed? A young child born without arms and legs, Nick Vujicic, an evangelist, no arms, no legs, who wrote a book that's translated in over 30 languages. When, how do you keep from being overwhelmed? It's just one thing. Just one thing that in our life we view as, you know, this is just too much. I, I need to be anxious about this because if I don't be anxious, it's never going to change. And friends, that will overwhelm you and it will ruin our testimony as we relate to others on that, on anything in life. When we're in a state of being overwhelmed, can I tell you about Joseph? And Joseph had a lot to be anxious about. But you know, the only thing that made Joseph anxious 
was that if he would defile himself, that's the one thing that made him anxious. He said, no way. There ain't no way I'm going to defile myself. Shipped him to prison. They shipped him to live in all kinds of situations with a rat and mice, I'm sure you name it. Let patience have her perfect work. Can you imagine dealing with Joseph in those situations? Do you think he was overwhelmed? He had a lot of people eating out of his dog plate. I don't think he was. Why? Because somewhere he learned that ingredient of a gentle patience. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. You know how to answer every single person. When suffering has no purpose, disappointments have no purpose, we become impatient with the skunks in our life. That picture on the wall, can you imagine if that dog don't have patience and wisdom? He's going to be, there's going to be a lot of stink. And he's going to lose where he lives. Well, it was all the skunk's fault. But if you deal in patience and wisdom, you can rectify that situation without the skunk being at fault and without you losing a home. How will the Lord give you simple exercises to get you to the place where you can be perfect and your score for anxious thoughts are zero? How will He do that? How can the Lord get from where you're at to where you are not anxious, your anxious is zero, and you are walking in a perfect way? I believe the only way is to allow situations your way to help you grow in gentle patience. As you learn to grow and allow things to be on God's timetable, not on my timetable, and allow to treat others with graciousness, not impatience. Get rid of those anxious, because as soon as I get anxious, I'm impatient. It's just one and the same. Let's get this over with. Let's get this resolved. Here we go. I believe God wants to give us simple exercises every day to get us to the place where we can be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. And our score for anxious thoughts is zero. You see what it says here? This is, there's another encompassing word. Um, the word nothing. In it, then it says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So be careful for nothing. Be anxious in nothing. That's all-encompassing. But then it says all-encompassing in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. An anxious person is saying, how will I ever? A patient person is saying, Lord, you got this. I'm glad I don't have to worry about this. I'm glad I don't have to have it on my timetable when I think, Lord, you got this. Um, one of the greatest struggles with faith is believing that God will do His job on time. You ever think about that? Do you know why we get anxious? We're not sure if God's going to do His job on our behalf on time. 
I believe also one of the greatest demonstrations of agape love is gentle patience. I, I really believe that. You want somebody who's filled with agape love, the love that heaven demands, the love that heaven has shown to us, and it's with gentle patience. It'll always be shown in gentle patience, agape love. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I appreciated a quote that I read this week. When we hang on to what isn't ours, we never become what God wants us to be. Whether it be our time, whether it be our money, whether it be our agenda, when we hang on to what isn't ours, we never become what God wants us to be. When we hang on to what isn't ours, I'm telling you, anxiousness comes. Impatience comes. Because how will I ever hang on to this and come out on top? Turn to Matthew chapter 21. The second point was, I, I believe, a person who is showing gentle patience is a person who has the peace of God. First of all, a person in gentle patience, you see the result of perfection, lacking nothing. The second thing here was in verse 7, it says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, so the person that is showing a gentle patience with others, there's something in his life that is called the peace of God. And it passes understanding. How can you be calm? You should be going crazy now. You should be impatient now. You should be yelling now. But yet there's a peace of God that controls his life because he has learned gentle patience. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. How many of you know Im- immature people? <laughs> Isn't it fun to deal with immature people? They, um, they focus more on their misery than on their character. Um... You know, a child, it's, it's interesting to watch because I don't have those tiny little babies anymore. But those tiny little babies, if they don't get what they want, when they want it, if they don't get the comfort they want, they'll scream. They'll put up a fuss like you can't believe. If they don't receive the milk they want, they'll scream. If they don't receive it at the right temperature, they'll scream. If they don't receive it at the right timing, they'll scream. It has to be the right consistency or they'll scream. When you're immature, you're overwhelmed by insignificant inconveniences. Now, as older people, we learn not to scream. Most have. Uh, Sometimes the dads in here raise their voice pretty loud, and usually it's because they didn't get what they want, when they want, how they wanted it. But um, that's different. Or maybe it's not. If inconveniences come to you through your partner, do you put up a fuss? What do you think? What if patience was just as important as resolution to us? What if patience was just as important as comfort to us? 
And we learn, you know, this situation, I need this. Because I need to learn patience. If I don't have this, I'll never go to perfection. If I don't have this, I won't, I'll become anxious if I don't learn this. And how can I have the peace of God? How can I stand and say I have peace with God and my fellow man if I'm an impatient person? You can't say that honestly. We need to have gentle patience. Um, the last thing patience done is the foundation for forgiveness. It brings perfection. It brings the peace of God. And it is the foundation for forgiveness. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. A familiar account, but incredibly important account if we desire to stand right with God. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I forgive? Shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto these until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. Listen to what the servant says. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down on his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord unto all that was done. Then his Lord went, sorry, then his Lord after that he called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Forgiveness. That is a necessity. Now Jesus' statement here is, is very bold. He said, if you don't from your heart. Not just a statement, not saying, if somebody comes and William says, you know, hey, I'm sorry about that, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. And I say, hey, I, I forgive you. He said he's sorry, but I don't think he really means it. What's happening in here? In my heart? Did I forgive him? No. Look at what he's teaching here. The foundation for forgiveness is always patience. What did those servants say? Have patience with me and I'll pay it all. Now some people say, no, he shouldn't have said that because he could never pay that debt. He should have said that just because of who he is and his apology. Can you imagine somebody saying, have patience with me because I don't plan on paying you? <laughs> How would that work? Well, obviously he's not very sorry. Okay, there, There's no forgiveness. So from that person making an apology, he had to come and say, have patience, work with me, it's going to change. And a person who isn't willing to say, have patience with me, I'm going to change. 
Oh, you owe too much. You owe too much. There's something wrong in our forgiveness. See how patience comes in there? Have patience with me. I'm going to change. Everyone in here stands in need of forgiveness. (laughs) Do you know why we're a brotherhood? Because up to this point, we've had patience with one another. Uh, Some brotherhoods lose that. And it's over. Uh, They might get together and they might chat and whatever all. But when patience is done, brotherhood's over. Because there's no forgiveness. We can be a people who write others off. They cross the line. And they might not even know they crossed the line. They didn't even know where the line was at. But they crossed some line that we drew. Have patience. Have patience. It is the only way to forgiveness, is that word patience. If I would ask this morning... How many of you are forgiving people? I I believe all of us would give ourselves 90 to 100%. When it comes down to it, you're going to forgive because you know you have to forgive. How many of you can forgive others? Good at forgiving. Yep. How many of you are patient when others do you wrong? Well, now I struggle with that. You know, I, I... I get impatient because I, I get fed up, kind of, and I, I start drawing lines. Uh, you cannot have one. You cannot be a forgiving person and not be a patient person. That is the only way to get to forgiveness is if you are a patient person. If you get ticked at the person who cuts you off. Well, I'm impatient with them, but I'm a forgiving person. No, you're not. You, you can't be a forgiving person. And be impatient with others. It's impossible. It ha- you have to cross the line for patience to get to forgiveness. If I would tell Marlon, Marlon, you need to drive up to Northwoods Industry, but go to Northwoods Industry, go into their lot, but don't cross the city limits. Just drive to Northwoods Industry. Don't drive into the city limits of Hayward. Well, you can't, you can't get into the Northwoods Industry lot unless you drive past the city limits. You you can't get there. It's just, there's no way around it. And neither can you be a forgiving person unless you are a patient person with everyone. You can't get around it. This, this word gentle patience is like the city of Hayward sitting around and forgiveness is in the middle of it. That's the only way to find forgiveness and extend forgiveness and be a forgiving person. All of us had to come to the cross and say, Lord, have patience with me. I failed. But have patience with me and I will give my life. I, I, I will pay what it takes to make this right. And I thank the Lord for His forgiveness and His patience with me. It didn't just end on that day. He continues to be patient with us. 
But then as we walk around to others and we say, you've proved yourself. They'll always be that way. That's the way they operate. That's the only way they can think. And I know they say they're sorry, but have patience with me. I'll pay you back. I'll get it right one day. Forgiveness is saying, I will be patient. I will work with you instead of mitigating against you. Gentle patience, walking perfect before the Lord, walking in the peace of God, and forgiving as I have been forgiven. I believe patience is a foundation here. And I believe in every one of our lives, you had circumstances this week, you had circumstances probably every day, that helped, that the Lord was right at your right hand, helping you in that situation, helping you see that situation, trying to help you change, rather than you trying to change the situation. Is it wrong to try to change the situation? It is if it's done impatiently. Because that's outside of the will of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Long-suffering is the word. And as I look at this, I really desire the patience of the Lord in my life. And if I fail, if I fail... I believe it's more serious than saying, oh yeah, I struggle with patience. I, I think there's a high price to pay because that also means I'm not forgiving as I ought. I'm not walking in perfection as I ought. And I'm not even walking in the peace of God. I'm anxious about things. I'm, I'm, I'm so self-consumed that I'm anxious about the things around me. God help us to be people of patience. If you're able to kneel for prayer, let's kneel for prayer at this time. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we come into your presence in the name of Jesus. Forgive us when we become so consumed with ideas and agendas and perspectives and personal opinions that we fail to walk patiently. Lord, I believe you've brought many things into our lives in the past week, um, situations where we were looking to how can this be changed and now. And you were looking at it and thinking, how can this change you? Will we recognize this? Lord, I pray you would give us grace and strength. And I thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness that you've promised to us as we forgive others. And Lord, I pray that we would, with renewed zeal and vision, extend that forgiveness and that patience to our fellow brethren, to our husbands, to our wives, to our children, to our parents. Uh, that we would stop nursing um, the litigation that we could have against others, but, Lord, that we would become real and forgiving and being patient with others. Thank you for this time that we could share together. In Jesus' name, amen.
Christian way. This was his theme song, Let There Be Light, Lord God of Hosts, and I thought it really applied, especially the second and third verses really applied to gentle patience and forgiveness as well. Number 304. 